The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And finally, before we let you get started on the episode, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our picks, podcasts, news, and so much more. It's all right there in the palm of your hand when you download it, wherever you download apps. Hi-yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, up to episode 80. And this one is going to go out to all my fellow Canadian hosers, because it's Thanksgiving here, so happy Thanksgiving today to all my hosers. We uh, correct, we uh, celebrate Thanksgiving at correct time. October is the perfect time, and then it's not all squished up right against Christmas like those Americans do it. We do it, you know, it's a good time. Do it early October. And then, you know, you got a nice break before Christmas, which is very similar to, to Thanksgiving, at least food-wise. So this goes out to all my hosers. Um, and thank you for coming to the podcast. I would be Jeff Fox, your host. I would be the resident hoser here. Um, I'm also the resident, excellent MMA um, prognosticator, I guess you would call me, because I, I nailed my picks once again this week, as did my associate co-host, unfortunately, and he even took a bigger lead in the money race with me. So I guess we'll have to bring him in, since this is the show that's so crammed full of MMA entertainment and content that we don't have time for long introductions anymore. So um, this guy's got a lot of nicknames. Um, maybe we should go through my nicknames first because I always forget all my different nicknames. Um, I used to be called Foxy, which is just lame because of the last name thing. Um, Arctic Fox, I, one of the bosses at SGP named me, but that didn't really stick. Uh, then we went with Juicy J or Juicy Jeff, which is a pretty good one, and then that turned it into Shock Juice, which doesn't make sense. It makes sense to Dan and I, but no one else really. Um, and then Dan's nicknames... Dan would be the associate co-host here, or associate host, I guess. Um, he's the Danimal sometimes. He's the uh, son of Ichabod the Bear Whisperer, which I think might be my new favorite one. Um, he's sometimes Gumby or Gumbo or Gumball, depending on what I feel like calling him, or Barney Gumball. He's the prettiest purple belt around. He's the Dana White Contender Series soothsayer. He's not the Tuesday Night Truther because he thinks that sounds too American. Um, is that it? I think that's it. I think it. you got them all. I think you got them all. All right. And that's, let's let him talk uh, for real now. His name is Daniel Vreeland, and he's very good at making picks on fights, too. Not not well, just Tuesday night fights. Saturday night fights also. Well, you are as well. I mean, like, I feel like if you're going to toot my horn, I think we both two, went 7-2. and two. We both went 7-2. and two. We both made money. So, yes, it was a 
very good night for a lackluster fight card. Um, I guess the fights were okay. Like nothing like oh, well yeah, the, it, there was a stretch there where some of the fights were, were pretty wild. But yeah, and it was another one of those that wasn't on TV up here. I realized at the last minute, so made it had to like go through some hoops to actually see it. And yeah, so anyhow, it, it was it was an okay fight card. But money wise, it was a very good fight card. And briefly. I pulled ahead of Dan in the money lead for the year, and I was so happy. I tested my brothers. I said, I got ahead of him. And then the next fight, we had the same pick, so I was still ahead of you. And then the very next fight, I lost. Dan won, and right, just like that, Dan took the lead and was not given it back yet. No, and I expanded it for a little while, but you then you took, you took it a little bit closer uh, again. But you know what's interesting is somebody pointed out uh, – I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I'd give him credit if I could remember uh, – that the – it might have been MMA lock of the night. That dude, uh, Manpreet Joss, always has the good insight. There's only been two underdogs who have won in back-to-back weeks. Um, yeah, it's, pretty, it's a low number. Um, it goes back was, even further than that, too. Like, it's been it's been maybe about a month straight that it's been not not one or two, but it's been maybe, like, three on a night instead of, like, the four or five that you usually get. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely a, a trend. I was going to ask you about that. Um, if you have any insight into what's going on or it's probably just a uh, random noise, which, which happens. From, I think it's a little bit there. of, yeah, I think it's a little bit of random noise, but it's also a little bit of um, some late replacements and some right. like bad matchups. So like, you know, take, yeah. you know, take Lupita Gudinez uh, beating the hell out of Silvana Gomez Juarez, which we'll talk about later on. Juarez is yep. a late replacement, you know, like a big underdog who pretty much had no chance, you know, if we're, if we're being honest, really not good matchmaking in the Alexander Romanov versus Jared Bandera fight where he beat the hell yeah. out of him. Um, and, and, you know, like there, there are probably some other ones that we could go through. But, yeah, it's not crazy. But I'll say this. You know, we say there's only a couple underdogs on this fight card that won. I would say we both hit one of those two uh, on our pick. So if, you if you're looking to pick underdogs, you came to the right place. <laughs> exactly. And that was the first one I picked on this show in – it's been a while. I haven't uh, one, two, three. Uh, you were real three. chalky for a while. Yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> which which actually paid off very nicely. I actually went chalky right when right when um, underdogs stopped winning, so which was nice. But yeah, it, it was three straight events where I didn't hit any underdogs. So yeah, Dan and I both hit a plus separate plus one thirty fives last night. Um, and they were both higher come fight time. I, I know we're going to yeah. give ourselves one, only one thirty five credit because that's fair. Yep. That's when we made the picks. That's what they were. But I thought Agapova, who was my yeah. pick at 180 right around fight time, and I think I saw Rodriguez at, like, plus 155 by fight time um, on your end. So that that winds up being a lot better numbers for us in the long run. But, of course, we can't yeah. give ourselves – we can't toot our horn on that. Well, we, we could, but but we won't because we're, we're honest people. One of us is Canadian, so we have no choice but, but to be honest. <laughs> and the, and the other one was uh, was Ray's Farrell, so he, he doesn't know that, that you're allowed to rob, cheat, and steal, as Eddie Guerrero would say. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah lie, you steal? I don't mean to, I don't mean to steal, knock right, you on right. yeah, your, your WWE knowledge, but even I know, I know that. that was, I, was, I, was getting, <laughs> I was getting a little out of it by that point, so yeah, that's it. Um, speaking of that, I got a um, birthday cameo from my brothers from uh, Tito Santana. So what do you think of that? <laughs> do you remember Tito <laughs> Santana? I, I do, yeah. Arriba. That, that's, you, that's, that's not a bad one. Me and, my, uh, me and my college buddies used to send each other ones 
uh, like yeah. right before our fantasy football or our fantasy baseball drafts, but usually of like obscure ass major league baseball players right. who you like have probably forgot of. Like uh, I'm, I sent my buddy one from from Shannon Stewart. Remember Shannon Stewart? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think it was like fifteen bucks. He'll he, was, do he was a Blue Jay at one point, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, Blue Jay. I think he was a twin for a little while. Yep. Um, yeah, so so we send them from probably people who are much cheaper and and much uh, much more obscure than Tito Santana. That, that, that's why I think I got uh, the now um, high school math teacher Tito Santana because he was only like twenty five <laughs> bucks, twenty five bucks or something. He said. Um, and he was very excited to say it, and he uh, ought to send it to you. He uh, says that I was a basketball star growing up. <laughs> yeah, and he, he said Ariba like three times. It was it was good. It was well worth the money for sure. So, um, enough of that nonsense. We should uh, we should do a quick recap of the card. I say a quick recap because um, these Sunday shows it's become like the the meat of these shows, or, or what a lot of the the, the gens seem to um, be waiting for with bated breath is the is the contender series picks because Dan's been knocking those out of the park. So I've already had people, you know, saying that they their uh that their bookie has got the numbers on the board and they're just waiting to hear what we say in the podcast before they make their picks. So no pressure, Dan. No pressure at all there. There there are a couple of good picks on this one too, I think. Good. Yeah. Good. And a couple of real real nice lines. It's nice. We haven't had to um even though it is it is fun to go on our, our tangents, but um yeah, we've had a lot of um, contender series is taking up a lot of valuable space in our website on the website, which Dan's contender series articles that go up on Monday are outside of football. They're they're the most uh, viewed articles, which is which is pretty wild. I guess it's like a niche market that that we're we're cornering there, and, and it helps when when your picks are winning. Plus, it seems to be the a lot of the hashtag the Gen's favorite parts of the podcast too. So. Which is good to hear. We're glad people are, are enjoying the picks. As long as uh, you don't turn on us when uh, eventually, if they eventually <laughs> lose, and then everything's cool. But if they do eventually lose, remember Dan's the one making the picks. I just I just give you the stats. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you before we get into it. Let me tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, hooray, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start playing, start winning and playing both. Let's tell you about PropSwap too while we're at it. Uh, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to 500 bucks. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. We'll make your bets. Always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. We'll go in back to the UFC Apex. 
for the um, UFC Vegas 39, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night Dern versus Hod Higas, as, <laughs> as, we, as we like to call her now, right? Um, that's, that's how you like to call her, for sure, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a, a started off uh, quite a bloody night. It was like uh, Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes in the olden days, uh, to go back to a wrestling analogy. The canvas was stained after, what, the very first fight, right? And, it, and then it got... Um, who else was? Oh, Damon Jackson the, leaked yeah, a lot. Yeah, the, the Damon and he won too, which yep. is a whole other thing, including possibly in, having a ten-eight round in there, even though he bled like yes. a stuck pig. All right, well, uh, do you want to start at the top and go down like we usually do, or you want to yeah, start yeah. at the let's, uh, let's, all right? Let's, let's, let's start there. main event. Since I got this one right, this time I start with the main event. I got um, this is a pick. I was Dan always makes me feel um self-conscious of, of my picks because he's so smart and and uh describes why this person's going to win so much better than me i just like that this person's arms are longer i'm going to pick them to win you know it seems like i don't know what i'm talking about but i nailed this one plus 135 i figured had um i was hoping that her striking would be enough to carry the day it did um it was a little bit of a case of her winning the fight and mckenzie Dern losing the fight um because other than don't get me wrong. When Dern gets you on the ground, it's a frightening proposition. Um, but how do, how do you guys a defense, not just um, stopping takedowns, but defense on the on the ground was uh, quite well, at least from my eyes. Um, our jujitsu uh, expert on the uh, on the show here, Dan, may uh, have other say otherwise. But um, other than the second round, when Dern dominated on the ground, um, she came out in the third and did nothing and did nothing the rest of the fight and. How did he guys basically won a fairly easy fight and turn it into a standing affair? So, do you agree it was maybe more of a case of Dern losing the fight than uh, Rod or Hot Higas uh, winning the fight? No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with your previous statement or your okay. your statement that came after that. But, but, but uh, I made a lot. Uh, still, I was all still over a the previous statement. <laughs> I think you were right in saying that. I I think the defensive grappling of Marina Rodriguez won this fight. Um, and and to an extent, the offensive grappling of Marina Rodriguez, if that makes sense, because not only did she keep herself safe in situations that like for for people who were watching that fight and maybe didn't realize all the micro adjustments that Marina Rodriguez was making off of her back. There were a couple of times where Mackenzie Dern was in mount and she tried to move her hips up into what jiu-jitsu nerds call S-mount, which is basically looking for an arm bar on the backside. Um, And Marina Rodriguez, like, got her shoulders back to the mat and almost kind of, like, walked away from her to to move her back down towards her hips, which gets you punched in the face a couple more times, but it keeps Mackenzie Dern from going from a submission. So it was both um, maybe not a move a lot of people would make in a lot of fights because it gets you punched in the face more, but also a move that I think saved her against a jiu-jitsu nerd like Mackenzie Dern. So, like, I I think, like, very high fight IQ from Marina Rodriguez in some of those moments. Um, Because if she just slipped up for half a second, which is sort of why I picked Mackenzie Dern, right, is I thought she would slip up for just a second in those places, and she didn't. But also, I'll give her props. She had that um, that weird modified Darius choke from bottom side for a little while, and I think it... I, I think that was like in in to the point where like Mackenzie Dern was struggling a little bit with it. Um, she couldn't step over to to north south the way she wanted to. She did eventually, but she couldn't. Um, I, I was really impressed with Marina Rodriguez's both her offensive and defensive grappling. So 
to you know give a long-winded answer to your original question. I think you you I'm having a tough time saying Mackenzie Dern blew that fight in because Marina Rodriguez did a lot of great things on the ground and then tired Mackenzie Dern out. Right. Even if that um, if the choke wasn't fully in or wasn't really a threat to her, at least it controlled her for, for a while. Uh, yeah, which is impressive in its own right. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's not an easy thing to do with Mackenzie Dern. That is the most offensive grappling we have seen against Mackenzie Dern ever. Like, and, and yeah. that includes, like, I've been watching Mackenzie Dern in MMA since she made her, her pro MMA debut because, you know, I was yeah. a big fan of her jiu-jitsu already. So she came in very heavily hyped. She fought, um, was it Montana De La Rosa she fought, like, right away and tapped out to a Omo Plata rear naked choke combination. Uh, I think it was Montana De La Rosa who used to be named yeah, Montana second Stewart. fight. Montana yeah, Stewart second. back then, though. Yes, um, before she got married. Yeah, second fight in Legacy, yes. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like, man, that's the most offensive grappling since, like, all the way back then. It's, that's incredible. So, for Marina Rodriguez, somebody who, you know, she took her lone loss in the UFC to somebody who outgrappled her. Like, this seems to be... Uh, a lot of progress. Um, yeah. And, and she is certainly due for a big fight coming up next. You would you would think so. Um, so basically you – I got the pick right, but I wasn't expecting her, her grappling to be as good as it was. So you yeah, whiffed and, on it. You whiffed on it because you – I guess also the same, didn't the same reason. Also, yeah, yeah. yeah didn't, think, <laughs> didn't think her grappling would be that good. No? Yeah. Yeah, so what, what do you think is next for her? She – like she shouldn't jump Carla Esparza, especially since she technically lost to her um, for a title shot. So we've already got a title fight booked. Then you would hope Esparza is next in line, but maybe not. Um, so she's probably at least a couple fights away, which is crazy because it's not – I guess I was going to say it's not a deep division, but I guess it, it is becoming uh, quite a deep it division. It is a really deep uh, division. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many fights young, I like in this one. Team. Yep. So so what what should we do with her? She's only lost one fight. Uh, she's beaten everyone in front of her. Um, I have in the rankings I do on the MMA Dash Manifesto um, based on performance. She was fifth heading into this fight. Um, Dern was sixth, and looks like she's moving up to four. She's going ahead of Amanda Limos, who's up very high because she's got a bunch of stoppages. So the only people ahead of her are Rose, Willy Zhang, and Carla Esparza. So what do we do with Marina Rodriguez next? Uh, I think the answer is painfully obvious. Um, If the UFC isn't already trying to book it, they better get on it as quickly as possible. Um, And hopefully the other party agrees. This has got Marina Rodriguez versus Ioana Janjacek in a five-round main event. And and she should, dude. It is the perfect fight for her on an upward trajectory. It's the perfect fight for her because she wants to showcase that she is the most talented striker at strawweight, right? Like there's no doubt about it. She's not out there claiming she's the best grappler at this division. She's not out there complaining or saying she's the best in the clinch. She is here to tell you she's the best striker at strawweight. And and like, if she's going to prove that, who do you prove it against? You prove it against Yoane on Jacek, who is, um, you know, not that Wei Li Zhang in, in uh, Rose Nami Yunus didn't beat her using striking, but they are much more well-rounded fighters. Like, you know, Rose has got good submissions, and, um, you know, Wei Li Zhang has, you know, got decent wrestling, too, although she doesn't use it all that often. Um, but, yeah, like, I think this is the perfect fight for her to showcase what she is, and 
Hey, if Carlos Barza sits on the sideline waiting for a title fight, and meanwhile Marina Rodriguez goes out there and, like, knocks Ioana on Jacek's lights out, dude, who are you giving that title shot to? It ain't yep. Carlos Barza, you know? So what uh, What do we think of Mackenzie Dern? I was – a few years back, I I got down on her. I, I started thinking, like, she wasn't ever going to um, – meet her potential because there was just seemed to be always a whole bunch of noise surrounding her whether it be like switching fight camps or never making weight you know it, and, and then she uh, then she got pregnant although that's a bad thing but but that's obviously not a a uh, positive for for um winning fights in a cage when when you have to take time off to uh to get birth so i was thinking she never would reach her potential but then she since uh pregnancy she's come back in like the best shape of her life it looks like She's got Jason Perillo in her corner. Uh, her striking seems to be getting better, but still, really, the only thing she really has going for is like in, her insane jujitsu and probably her toughness. But um, other than that, um, what do we make of Mackenzie Durham? So I would also say, you know, I, I my my initial instinct after this was like, ah, we're never going to see that Mackenzie Dern title run that we kind of all thought was going to happen. But then I yeah. looked looked a little bit back at her bio and shit like that. She's only 28, right? Like, yeah. we're writing her off very young to be like, you know, she's never going to make it. Carla Esparza's 35, for Christ's sakes. Like, yeah. and we're talking about her getting a title shot. Um, so, like, I, I think she's still right there. I don't think she's um, she's in a real position where we have to worry too much about her. I mean, she did just absolutely tool on Nina Nunez. Yeah, I, I kind of would like to see her fight Yan Xiaonan. Um, like th- Just because you like saying the name? Well, I like saying the name, but also she was on a massive <laughs> winning streak, similar to Mackenzie Dern. Yep. Um, and then she kind of got taken out of her element by Carla Esparza. So then we got, like, you know, two women who were on good winning streaks, lost to somebody who could kind of take them out of their appropriate game plan, um, both looking to get back in the win column, be a real title challenger, and like you know, fighting one another—that's probably the perfect way to do it. But mostly, it's because you like to flex that you can say her name with, without having to pause, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. It, I, I'm used <laughs> to saying it by now. <laughs> just like we get, just like I'm used to typing Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I, it does I take. I can't get that no. one even once. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I, um, I didn't practice that. I don't get it once. <laughs> whose name? Christoph Jocko I was struggling with the other week. Like there's too many Zs and Ys in his first name. I, I still struggle with that one. I'm going to have to write it out. So, All right, so um, that was the main event. Pretty much the only fight with real ramifications, at least um, near the tops of, of the division. Um we both got the co-main event correctly, and it ended up being a catchweight fight because Jared Gooden came in well overweight, 174 pounds, which Randy Brown was not impressed with because um, he got 20% of his purse, which for a guy like Jared Gooden probably would have amounted to about 4000 bucks or so. Um, yeah. yeah, Randy Brown actually called him out on that. He's like, I think we yeah. need to punish people more because what's an extra True. couple couple hundred dollars to me and i was like Ooh. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so a uh, brand was my lock pick so i'm glad i hit that uh minus 250 so i put another 40 bucks away in the lock uh category for me so i'm almost broken even with locks i am 16 and 9 though um so i, I guess my my locks are, are far too chalky but nonetheless um nail that one um brown main thing for this fight is jerry good actually did better than i thought he would even though he lost three rounds to none um main thing was Brown messed up his toe, either kicking Gooden in the face or kicking the fence, or maybe both. Um, 
and he kept like stepping back. It seemed to like put his toe back in place with his other foot, which was pretty gnarly. But he uh, it seemed to take him a little while to to get his timing down or his or his um um his what am I trying to say? Not his length, his uh, distance down. But um, he ended up winning fairly easy. But uh, Gooden put a pretty good performance on for himself. Probably the last he's gonna be in the octagon for, but nonetheless. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. It's weird, though, because, like, so I've been kind of low on Jared Gooden since he came to the UFC. I'm not really impressed uh, with, you know, like, I I think he needs to go back to the regional scene and win a couple. I'm not impressed with your performance. Yes. What are you going to say? I'm not impressed impressed with your performance. Impressed, yes. (laughs) I am not impressed with your performance. Um, But, like, his, his run of opponents, with the exception of the one guy he beat in Nicholas Stolza, like, the the three guys he's lost to has been a crazy run of welterweight opponents for a dude who's one in three, right? It's Alan yeah. Jordan, Abu Bakar, Nurmagomedov, and Randy Brown. That is yeah. not an easy run. I, I mean, like, I wouldn't give him another run just because, like, if you're making a decision based on, like, what you see in the cage, you're right. He did look better, but it was like sort of a shock that he could, you know, like survive and lose thirty twenty seven. Yeah. So, like, if that's how you feel about a guy at this point in time, like, yeah, let him go back and get a couple of wins in LFA or I think he fought in NFC before, which is a Georgia based promotion. Like, let him go fight in one of those, get a couple more wins, and if he he really belongs, like, he'll be back soon anyway. So, um, you know, he's not going to be beating the Randy Browns and the Abu Bakar and Armagomedov. So might as well let him run, uh, you know, run some wins up in a uh, local promotion before seeing him again. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Brady Brown seemed uncomfortable in there and still dominated. So what does that tell yep. you? So what to do with the rude boy, Randy Brown? He's, what, two straight wins now? Not like Alex Oliveira and Jared Gooden, so not like – I guess Oliveira is a good fighter. Um, four oh. of five and, what, eight, eight and four in the UFC? So he's – you know, sneaking, sneakily, he's got a quite a good record against yeah, four, decent opponents. Four and five, too. And, and, you know, you mentioned Cowboy Oliveira not being a big deal. The losses to Vicente Luque, and then the other wins are yeah. to Brian Barberena and Warley Alves. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that is a good run. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get one of those, like, there's like a whole bunch of guys just outside of the welterweight rankings that are all super fun to watch and like I believe are good. You know what I mean? But like can't really tell until they fight somebody like the like Daniel Rodriguez is and the Chaos Williams is and the Michelle Pereira's and the Nico Price's. Like he fought Nico Price though once before, so not Nico Price, but um, you know, like those types of guys. I mean, I think that's all right about where Randy Brown is. So, like, yeah, what, whatever that is, you know, give him one of those. But um, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to like pinpoint a certain person for him to fight right now. But he's getting up there. Four out of five is legit, especially when the loss is to Vicente, who's man, not that far from a title shot. And Dan is very good at picking like what range these guys sh- are in and who they should fight. Because I'm looking at the performance rankings that I mentioned earlier for a welterweight. Randy Brown's right around 18th, so he's right outside the top 15 and names around him, Alex Morano, Nico Price, Francisco Trinado, Max. Alex Morano would be Silva. a fun one. Yeah. Alex Morano is a good one. Yeah. I didn't even. Daniel Rodriguez. That so it's all he's another one of those Cass ones Williams. who like <laughs> Alex Morano is another one who's like, I'm yep. not quite sure if you're good or not because like his wins over Cerrone and David Zawada were really good. He beat the piss out of Reese McKee. 
But then he also lost that weird decision to Anthony Pettis right before they let Pettis go, and he got really knocked out by Chaos Williams. So, um, yeah, Alex Morano's a fun one. Hey, do you know the weird piece of trivia here? Because I just have right. to know this off the top of my head. That's what this show is all about. Yeah, do you, do you know what Alex Morano's last name or middle name is? Alexander Blank Morano. His middle name is Blank? No, no, it's not oh. Blank. I'm, I'm giving I, you, I'm giving you uh, the question. Okay, fine. I, I, thought it, I thought it was like your dad. His middle name is Blank. <laughs> There's a callback for our, uh, our, um, our frequent Boiled listeners who know what I'm yeah. talking about there. Uh, is it Ichabod? No, but it is Quincy Alexander. Oh, nice, Morano, which is not what I expected when I found out for the first time. No, that's quite presidential sounding. Very yes. nice. Very nice. Um, I was gonna uh, before we move on. Let's tell you about Keeps in case you're losing your hair and you need this information right away. Uh, Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatment started at just 10 bucks per month and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast, which is why I did the ad right now. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. keeps.com slash SGP. All right, the... I should mention we did lose a fight. That's why we ended up with nine fights. Um, we lost. What did we lose again, Dan? Um, Pickett. Did we do Pickett uh, Staropoli or not? Did we break that down? I don't think we did. Did we? We didn't. That one got canceled okay. right before. It was Haas and Win. That's the one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Haas and Win, but then it was also Haas and <laughs> Chris and Curtis. Kurt- and then also for a second, it was Chris Curtis and maybe James Krause, who was there the cornering a Krause, yes. Yeah, the, the James Krause, uh, who was there yeah. cornering Tim Elliott. Yeah. Um, and he was ready to make – like, that almost happened. Both sides yep. agreed. Just uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission shut that one down. Yeah, no fun, no fun, which actually is fitting because uh, Krause uh, is the person who's coaching Tim Elliott, was in the next fight. We're going to break down flyweights. He lost – Unanimous decision, two rounds to one to Matias Nicolau. Uh, Elliot won the first round because he's a hard guy to fight, and Nicolau had no answers to his odd, like everything he does is odd. His striking's odd. The way he, he um, goes for takedowns odd. The stuff he does on the ground's odd. So uh, I was worried we were going to be in trouble here because we both had Nicolau, and uh, he was having a real hard time figuring out um, Elliot. But then he he got it together in the second round, and then. Um, the James Krause mistakenly told Elliot that he was ahead two rounds to, n- to none, so Elliot kind of put the brakes on in the third round and kind of coasted, and it cost him, and he lost the fight. And Krause is um, issued an apology online and all this stuff about that. Um, but it, it, it won us our bet, so um, we had Nick Loud minus 195. Didn't look the greatest, but he figured out a odd fighter uh, to face and uh, got, him, got his hand raised once again. So he's won quite a few in a row. Oh no, has he not? He's only lost what once in the UFC, I think. So it depends on it depends on what we're talking about because he is a second stint in the UFC. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. So he has only lost once in the UFC, but he was uh, three and one his first time in the UFC. Yes, he's five and one. Right. He's two and zero in his second time. So and the first one was went over Manal Cap. So that's a a pretty uh, badass win as well. Um, Yeah. yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to say here other than, you know, you no. said he didn't look real good against Tim Elliott. Nobody looks good against Tim Elliott, including Demetrius Johnson. So yep. 
Um, you know, good win for Nikolau. You know, yep. book him against somebody exciting. You know who did look good? Dan's next pick, which I got wrong. Uh, Maria Agapova. Is that how they were saying it? They were saying it differently. Um, on the Agapova. 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 Yeah, that's what they. Yes, that's how they were saying it. Um, she looked fantastic. Um, that that uh, her finish that finish on Sabina Mazza was so impressive. Impressive. She stunned her, knocked her down with strike, and then immediately, like within. She Two wasn't seconds. even on the ground yet. She yeah. wasn't even on the ground yet when she was thinking the rear naked. <laughs> rear naked choke. And this was uh, 53 seconds into the third round. She won via rear naked choke. Got herself a $50,000 bonus. Got Dan. Uh, that, this was his plus 135 win, which would have been higher if you waited to um, fight time, which is surprising because um, I thought, like, the way she was talking and thinking, uh, heading into the fight, uh, you would have thought the number would have gone the other way because um, she was looking good heading into this fight. And, Onward and upward for her as a prospect, it seems. Yeah, and and I think you know, like, not that I'm I'm going to toot my own horn too too much here, but you toot, know, I toot as someone I, else I, says, I, I think on a podcast. Correct? I, uh, somebody says that once in a while, but uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I think I said ahead of time that too many people were writing her off for that right. Shannon Dobson loss, and and yeah. like that couldn't be more clear here, right? Like she is every bit the prospect we thought she was um, and that she looked like in her first fight. In, in fact, she's probably better than I even gave her credit for being in her first fight. Because the other thing, too, is like, yeah, she finished Sabina Mazo in the third, but she beat the hell out of Sabina Mazo for two rounds before yep. that. So Mazo's not out either. She's, she's a decent fighter. Yeah, and if you look at Sabina Mazo's uh, other losses, too, they're mostly just being like, and there's only two of them. It's just Alexis Davis and Marina Mraz. It's yep. just being taken down and controlled largely. Like nobody has ever pieced her up on the feet like that before. Nobody has ever threatened her with submissions. Never mind put her away with submissions. Like, yeah, like incredible performance for Agapova and like puts her in a whole new tier of, uh, of where she was at and, and kind of, you know, women's flyweight has got so many, like, young, exciting fighters. So for her to be 24 and have a performance like that, like, very interesting prospect now. Agapova, you mean? Agapova. Agapova. Yeah, Agapova. <laughs> you know who she reminds you of? The way, yeah, the way she fights, the way she carries herself, like, uh, her attitude, the cocky stuff. Joanna, young Jacek, she reminds me of her a lot. Just, like, she, the way she strikes and her attitude and... The way she like almost hunches over when she's boxing. yes that too yeah yeah yeah, yeah that she, that is she's very Joanna Jan Jacek like yeah um, for sure and even Marina Rodriguez does that to an extent too which yep. is maybe why I want to see yep. her fight Joanna Jan Jacek so bad there you go um, all right so which means Agapovo that they're gonna end up feeding her to another young prospect right and one of them will get canceled out which is what the UFC seems to do with women's flyweight so. Um, I'm I'm 98% certain they're going to book her with Marina Mraz. Oh, yeah? I, I'm, like, almost positive that's what they're going to do. There was, like, talk before and after. Uh, if you haven't caught all of the beef, I don't think there's – Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. you need to catch the beef other than just knowing that, like, Marina Mraz called her, like, a drug addict and said that she was, like, yeah. a piece of shit and threatening people at her gym. And, like, yeah. regardless of how much was – was is correct and true – um. Marina Mraz, like, had come out and said that and then was like, I'm not here to call anybody out. And it's like, no, literally, that's, <laughs> literally that's fucking the only reason you're here. Uh, exactly. Nobody would be talking to you if you weren't here calling somebody out. So, exactly. no, you 
are. Uh, but yeah, like I, I'm almost positive they try to book that in some kind of disgusting hate grudge match, and uh, exactly. I'm here for it. Yep, pro wrestling, we're here for it. Um, all right, and then the main um, the opener of the main card was Dan's lock pick. Chris Gutierrez uh, beat Felipe Claris. Uh, this was the only wacky scorecard uh, and was very wacky of the night. Split decision. Incredibly uh, wacky. Yeah. So uh, two judges gave, and all of the media that I saw earlier on MMADecisions.com, uh, so two judges and all the media gave Gutierrez three rounds to none. Uh, one of the judges gave it two rounds to one for Caleras. So uh, I, I thought it was a closer fight than, than three rounds to one. Three rounds to none makes it look like, but um, – yeah, the, there was certainly the right no round. Yeah, there was certainly no, no round you could give Kalarish. Like, right? There no. were there were like one or two minute snippets you could give to him, but to yeah. to give him a whole round is just crazy. Yeah. Um. Again, not much to be said here. I think we nailed it no. based on like we said, Gutierrez's striking would be the difference maker. It clearly was. Um. Not much more to be said. So Dan put thirty seven oh four into the lock column. He's still down. Like almost four hundred bucks. Bleh. He's four, got, 14, got 14 and twelve. We got, we got time. It's yeah, I know. It's the uh, marathon, not a sprint. Correct. That's how it works. Yeah. And and even if you don't catch up, then once uh, the calendar flips to twenty twenty two, everything's erased, and we we pretend this year didn't happen, right? No, that's. I think that's what we did with twenty twenty. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Never happened. So, well. Uh, you know Gutierrez has only lost once now in the UFC. That's five straight wins and six straight undefeated. So yeah, is, and uh, he he is a fun bantamweight prospect too because yep. uh, I mean, granted he so he does have that one loss. It was uh, I believe on short notice against Rayoni Barcelos in a debut. He's got yep, that weird tough. he's got that weird draw to Cody Durden too though, yep. um, which is and not not great looking. But no, um, I think people would be talking about him a lot more if he had finished more people. Um, and it's bantamweight. It's, it's very easy to get lost, and there's like 80 people in Manawet, I think, when I do my rankings, something like that. True, wow. but if he was, but if he was out there finishing people, yeah. like, like, was it Kyler Phillips? I'm thinking of Kyler Phillips, like finished yep. two guys in a row and instantly was like a hyper prospect that everybody was talking about. He got beat by Rowan Pivia, and now everybody's talking about Rowan. Like, and he doesn't have a yeah. lot of bantamweight wins. Like with a record like Gutierrez has, more people should be talking about him. But there's like that weird draw to an unranked guy and no finishes, with the exception of the TKO, which was actually up at featherweight. So, um, yeah. yeah, like he's good though. That's for yeah. sure. Definitely good. So um, Aga Pova, like I said, she won a fifty buck fifty thousand bonus for performance tonight. The main event, Rodriguez Dern, fifty grand for fight of the night, which I disagree with. That wasn't the fight of the night, right? I don't it know. It, it was kind, kind of, of one-sided. Fun. It was fun back and forth for yeah. certain parts of it. Like, wh- okay, so what other first fight? First fight, Garcia Ontiveros. Uh, that, I mean, it, that it was short, but it was wild. Here, here's the thing I'll say about that. So, yes, it was short. It was wild. You know I always want to give the extra bonuses to early fighters. Yeah, it was fucking sloppy. That's what it was. <laughs> it, it was. was there, it was Garcia. Kick to the back of somebody's head. It landed. The guy fell down. So then he threw an axe kick to the back. Of <laughs> yep. It hit him. He fell down. And then he badly got out wrestled and like grounded, bounded into oblivion. Like it was, it was so sloppy, dude. Like so. Yes. If if you're if you pick fight of the nights based on what goes back and forth the most, yes, sure, you can give it to that one. But it was not good MMA. <laughs> Just bleed, Dan. Just bleed. Yeah. Okay. 
If the Jets bleed, Pete's probably love that one. <laughs> exactly. Leonard Garcia special of the night. Um, all right. Before we do uh, four fight prelims, let's tell you about prediction strike. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, now prediction strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction strike. I have so much trouble saying this one for some reason. Region. Prediction strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robert DraftKings had a baby. Prediction strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPNMMA, because that's just your favorite show for sure. And then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change upon, based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of 20 bucks or more. And if you want to know more about it, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and find the article that Mr. Gumby just wrote about how to play Prediction Strike. You've been fiddling around and playing with it a bit, you said? You think I have, it's kind of cool? I have, I have been dabbling with it. It, it is yeah. a lot of fun to play with. Um, I feel like it's going to be uh, – so I, I am a much bigger like pro basketball fan most of the time than I am a pro football fan. So yep. once basketball season starts up, I think I will find myself – much more engrossed in prediction strike uh, because obviously basketball season's right around the corner. Uh, you can is. actually you can actually catch all kinds of very fun previews for basketball season at uh, SGPN as well. You can, you can. It's true. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. And then Dan will have another article later on about uh, how to make money or strategies and. and how to make money off of uh, Projection Strike, which is the name of the game mostly. Um, while we're at it, let's tell you about prize picks. Another fun thing, turn your picks into real cash with prize picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with prize picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, up to 10 times your money. Prize picks is the only way I play. All right, let's give you an example of the power play option. I think the last example you gave did not do very well, right? You gave Braves no, hitters, and the, the I think they got shut out that game. Well, nobody, no, they got one. They got one run. run, run but right, it was a pinch right. hit. It was a pinch hit home run from a guy who wasn't starting, Chuck right. Peterson. So, all right, let, next next game, are you going to do pitchers? You going to do hitters? You going to do no, a mixture? No, what we're going to we're going to keep doing hitters, but here's how we're going to do it to make sure that we win because okay. the Braves Brewers series has just been so low scoring. We're just right. gonna take we're gonna take Brewers unders instead of Braves overs. Oh, that's perfect. It. That's right. how you're gonna do it. So, uh, All right, so who are you taking? So if we're if we're looking at their lineup, uh, guys, let's think about guys who've been particularly miserable so far on their lineup, um, because they've got a bunch of dudes who who typically hit really well. But let's say um, we'll go with uh, Elcides Escobar, or, uh, Escobar, who is 0 for four last time. Uh, he's Lorenzo Cain. We'll we'll throw him in there and Colton Wong, and we'll play the unders on all those guys because uh, none of them are hitting above 167 in this series. So take those three guys. And bet the under 1.5 hits and walks. And you bet 20 bucks, you win 100. So how's that for a power play option? Five times your money. Plus, use promo code SGP and you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's price fix, promo code SGP. Okay, uh, um, prelims. Alexander Romanov, we got this one right. Um, wrestled 
Jared Vanderaw to death and then ended up pounding him out. Um, the refs did not want to stop this fight. Uh, and Vanderaw <laughs> took a severe beating from a, like a huge Russian or is he Russian? Moldovan. He's, He's one of the breakouts. Moldovan. Moldovan. Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he got minus five fifty. So we didn't make we made eighteen eighteen off that. I don't know how to watch that, but uh, this went pretty much the way we expected it. And um, Romanov, yeah, he Vanderov took more beating than he should have. Romanov remains undefeated. Um, I don't think we really learned a huge amount from this fight. He did pretty much what we expected him to do, but we got to see a couple of chunky guys swinging their bellies around. Yeah, I think we also, and I won't say too much because you're right, we we did nail this one. I think we we can be a little bit more comfortable with um, Romanov's cardio because yep, that was the true. worry, right? It looked bad against Espino, but he went out and proved basically the only reason it was bad against Espino because Espino made him work for his takedowns. So when yep. somebody doesn't uh, or does significantly less, because Van Dera made him work at a time or two, um, but when somebody does slightly less, he's got plenty of cardio and he'll just – batter you on the ground because he is fun to watch it is it heavyweight it's wild how heavyweight has regenerated himself itself we got zero gain kind of a champion now um <laughs> then we got <laughs> we got chris Dalkis, we got tom aspinall we got taitu ivasa is on the come up now we got romanov romanov, romanov aspinoff and Dawkins all debuted in 2020 did you know that that is insane really? yeah. like they haven't even been around that long yeah yeah it's yeah we've um yeah and, and there's other guys too um bubbling under the surface so what do you want for romanov now he's about 11th yeah he didn't move this performance didn't move him any further because he's still quite a ways out of the top 10 guys uh he's in 11th on my rankings um, hopefully he shows up in the UFC rankings now. Uh, he's right below Alexander Volkov, right above Shamil Abdurakhimov. So what do, you, do you have a, an opponent of mine for him next? I mean, I wouldn't mind Abdul Sh- Shamil Abdurakhimov. Hey, a new fighter. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I, wouldn't mind Shamil, I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind him. I also like, um, man, I hate doing this to the guy because I like him so much, but I, like Walt Harris would be a good fight for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just because it would like test his ability against the guy who's definitely more athletic than him. Um. Yep. But he's on like a little bit of a skid and is still ranked. I, I think that's like the right kind of path to go for him. Uh. To give yep. him somebody like that. Uh. Don't give him, you know, Aspinall or Dawkins or anything no. like that. You know. I I also wouldn't hate. Well, I would hate it because I think I already know the answer to this. But um, the winner of Carlos Felipe and Andre Arlovski coming up oh, this your weekend. Your boyfriend's gonna get boyfriend's gonna win, and then uh, he's gonna get wrestled to death. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to see him fight Romanov. But if <laughs> but if somehow Felipe pulls it off, uh, sure, feed him to Romanov because if you do that to my boy, then you need uh you need a beating Romanov style. <laughs> Come on, you, you have two big uh, Russia e type. Bears going at each other, that would be fun, right? Uh, it wouldn't be, because my heart would be torn. <laughs> it, it would be. Oh, so, so you're, you're getting that into Romanov, are you? I, I've liked Romanov since he suplexed uh, the dude from Guam, what's his name? Uh, Roque Martinez. <laughs> like thir- yeah. 30, he, he, like, German suplexed him, like, 30 yes. times. <laughs> release, uh, German release suplex, correct. Yeah, I, I'll take I'll take anybody who uses that uh, repeatedly yep. in a fight. Um 
they instantly become one of my favorites, especially when they look like Romanoff. Here's the thing about Romanoff. Another reason why I really like him. Do you remember the name Cole Conrad? Of course I remember Cole yeah. Conrad. Cole, he's Cole Conrad. He's a t- ultimate fighter, correct? No. No. Cole Conrad Bellator, my friend. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. He was a Bellator champion. Uh, He was like Brock Lesnar's protege. Yeah, yeah. And he looked like like he was built like Romanoff. Um, Maybe fatter than Romanoff, if possible. Um, But like Romanoff, and he was like an amazing wrestler. So Romanoff just kind of like feels like the Cole Conrad reincarnation that I knew I needed. You definitely need your chunky guys in your life. So, um and then this, uh, we mentioned this fight earlier on, Featherweights, Damon, this is one of the ones I got wrong, Dan got right. Uh, Damon Jackson um, got some color as they as we go back to wrestling again. Got some color the hard way in this fight against Charles Rosa, but still won. 29-28, uh, 29-27, 30-27. 20, I didn't get to see, this is one of the fights I only saw bits and pieces of, so I'll, I'll let you, if you want to do a quick rundown out of it. Uh, Dan got Jackson at minus 185, uh, hit this one. Not not a whole lot to say about this one other than, like, go listen to my breakdown of it because that was pretty much perfect uh, in just that, like, wow. it, it, it was just basically, like, we think Charles Rosa might possibly be a better grappler, and in a lot of yeah. situations, he threatened with better submissions, but Damon Jackson was going to be the one leading the dance. He was going to be the one deciding when it went to the ground. He was going to be the one on top when it went to the ground. So unless Charles Rosa can sub a guy who's a really wily veteran who's good at jiu-jitsu off of his back – he was yeah. going to lose this fight by decision. Um, and, and so that's what happened. And that's fucking what happened. So, wow. yeah, not much to say other than that. Um, in that, you know, Charles Rosa caught him with one shot that got him gushing some pretty decent sized blood. So, uh, you know, it, that's it was a fun fight. And do you know what uh, this means uh, for the 11th straight fight? Uh, Chef Charles Rosa, you know what happened for the 11th straight fight? He, he alternated wins and losses. He alternated so wins and losses. He's, he's going to be winning the UFC next season. one for damn sure. <laughs> his whole UFC career, it's quite insane. So if he, uh, if hopefully he doesn't get released, and then we can put all our money, all the chips in on him winning the next fight. So, um, women, strawweight fight. We got Lupita Godinez uh, beat up, uh, beat up last minute replacement Savannah Gomez Juarez via submission. An arm bar, we got her at minus 210. So, thoughts on this? Loopy looked good? Yeah, not only did she look good, she showed a piece of her that we had never seen before. Like, I picked her based on... Did show that on TV? <laughs> <laughs> really? They were okay with that? <laughs> well well played. Um, okay, go ahead. So, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> wow, I got a real laugh yeah. out of them for Yeah, that, was, that's, that one's real. That's pretty funny. Thank you. Thank um, you. We should end it right now. <laughs> we just call it. Just call it a day. Um, no, but in seriousness, like, I picked Lupita Godinez because I thought her pressure on the feet would be too much. Um, she's got great volume striking. She's, you know, kind of like a in-your-face, gets into the clinch, backs away, lands four more shots kind of fighter. And she, like, wrestled a little bit and took her back. And I don't know if you had a chance to see the armbar. It was yes. so slick. It was, you know, a rear mount uh, looking for a rear naked choke, and she isolated the arm instead and then swung the legs over, which is um, not a – you know, it's not a crazy move in jiu-jitsu. They teach it to you pretty early, but it's definitely a hard move to hit in MMA. Um, and not a lot of people like the risk inherent in switching from the rear naked choke to the armbar. So – like, good on her for going for it and getting it. She's clearly got some jiu-jitsu skills we've never seen before. 
And hey, it banked her an extra 50K. So, by the way, all women on the performance bonuses yes. for the first time ever. Very nice. And Gazinas would have been probably on 10,000 bucks to uh, to show another 10 that she won, and then what, 4,000 for wearing the Venom fight kit. So, yeah, she 50 grand comes in uh, nicely for sure. You can see all that, all the uh, pay stuff over on MMA Dash Manifesto also. Um, going back actually to the Mackenzie Dern thing, was she really trying to do an arm bar with her legs like they said she was trying to do? Is that like a thing? That oh, yeah, like she... when, when she was doing the, um, yeah, when she, she had like a um, crucifix. Um, yeah, yeah. With Marina Rodriguez. That, yeah, that that totally is a thing. Wow. Um, it, it kind of, so, so you tend to get it more when you're like training with one of your training partners who just right. isn't willing to, you know, like jack up their elbow over, yep. you know, practice. Because, you know, you tap a little bit more often in practice than you do in, in a fight. But, uh you know, like if you do get it the right way, you can dislocate the elbow there or hyperextend the elbow right there. So like she must have felt like she was close enough. And and there was one or two positions where Marina Rodriguez rolled through, which I think the reason she rolled through is because it was close. Um, so yeah, she, she was trying to armbar her just with her two legs at that point. Um, Crazy. which is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then, uh, speaking of impressive, we started things off with a bang, um, <laughs> right? That's the starting of the card. It was not impressive. <laughs> it was impressive. If you like blood, see, I didn't see this whole fight. Actually, yeah, I did. I did after the fact. But, no, it was a sloppy, uh, bloody slugfest with, like, an axe kick. How can, how can that not be impressive, Dan? Uh, Steve Garcia, I know, why you're, I know why you're salty. You got this pick wrong. You had Charlie Ontiveros, and he got TKO'd via punches <laughs> after massive ground and pound by Steve Garcia. So I don't feel bad about getting this one wrong because uh, – He's a huge I, underdog. I mean, he was, first of all, a huge underdog. And second of all, he, he fought what I said he was going to do, right? Like I yeah. thought – like he could tag him on the feet. He's a much worse wrestler. Uh, it depends on if he tags him before he becomes a much worse wrestler. And he tagged him, and then, like, he tried to engage in the wrestling. He seemed to stuff it, and then he was like, oh, guillotine. And, like, dude, you're not a better grappler than Steve Garcia is. So <laughs> – um, yeah. yeah, it was so fucking sloppy and so bad to watch. Uh, yeah, I don't have I don't have much more to say than that. Nope, it was the curtain jerker fight. So whatever. Um, it it was it was exactly what it was. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I got a big minus three three twenty five in that fight. So we both ended seven and two. Dan ended up up hundred and eighty. I ended up up one hundred and sixty. So on the year, I'm at fifty eight percent. And Dan's moved back up to 55%. Um, correct on her picks. Uh, as for money, he Dan's got a 93 buck lead over me. So still close. It's still like one big one, one fight. Did I pick up $23 this week on you? Is that, is that what you yep. Yeah. yeah, 24 Yeah, 24 bucks. 24 bucks. bucks. Yeah. yeah. yeah Get so that lead bigger. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's still, um, it's still, it could be one, one fight could make the difference so um the next big card we're going to break down well it's not really a big card but the next card we're going to break down is this weekend's hastily put together um ufc fight night lad versus dumont originally was ufc fight night Vieira versus tate then that fight got pulled so then it was home versus dumont was moved up to the main event and then home got pulled which seems to be common it used to be like she would be taking fights non-stop and now she seems to be pulling out of fights non-stop so that fight fell apart. So then um, Asma Lad, who uh, you may remember almost died on the scales last week. She figures she's going to fight in a week. It's time at a weight class higher, but still, I, how 
how healthy is this uh, for her to actually be fighting again? I guess I guess they were willing to let her fight even the night uh, or the day after that she almost passed out in the scale. So I guess this is uh, nothing then. She's had a whole week to rest or two weeks to rest. Yeah, I, I will say I don't know so much about her fighting. And, and for your comment on this being a lackluster card, and I've heard a couple of people say it's worse <laughs> than the one that we just watched this past weekend in terms of name value. Mm. I, I take a little – I actually disagree with that one. There are no. – there are way more fun fights on yes. this upcoming weekend's card. The Lad Dumont fight, and, and even Lad Dumont is kind of interesting. But yep. like you got you got Jim Miller versus a newcomer who's named yeah again Alex. with it, that yeah, which is the second one they tried to give him. But this one I, I'm actually higher on than I'm on Nicholas Moda. This guy's Eric the Ghost Pepper Gonzalez. Oh, very um, nice. And and he's a fun kombache guy. You got Manon Firo fighting. Um, yep, another favorite of dance. You got Ludovic Klein, who's really fun to watch, and he's fighting Nate Landwer, and those two dudes yep. just are going to throw bombs. And speaking yep. of throwing bombs, Dana Batgarel and Brandon Davis is back in the UFC. That guy is crazy fun to watch. Oh, so your, like, favorite. your favorite. Your don't, favorite. Don't say Jordan Wright. I'm gonna Jordan fade. Wright, yeah, the Beverly Hills Ninja's fade. fighting. I'm going to fade Jordan Wright. I'm you not even fight. that big of a fan of Julian Marquez, but like. The Cuban Missile Crisis, you mean? Not the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oof. Those are some nicknames right there. Exactly. Uh, but yes, uh, th- there's a lot of fun fights on this one. So, uh, all things considered, despite the fact that people are, are ragging on this one, it is a lot better than, uh, the one that, that we just watched. At this point, yeah, we got 11 fights. Hopefully they can keep it intact. So that will be our Wednesday, um, evening, night podcast fun, uh, but it's, we got to move on to the, uh, like I said, the thing everyone's been waiting for. We make you wait till the end, of course, uh, as a good programs do. Um, you want us to break down, or you want Dan to break down. I just gave you the, the uh, stats, and Dan gives you the breakdown of uh, week seven. We're up to of Dana White's Contender Series. But first, you only got four weeks left of this good Yeah, stuff. exactly. So enjoy it while you can. Um, let's talk about Mint Mobile first. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learned anything, that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number, along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service to get just 15 bucks a month. Get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash sport SGP. That's mintmobile.com slash sport SGP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-G-P. Speaking of SGP, make sure you, if you haven't already, download the SGPN app. We're live in the App Store and Google Play. We give you, the app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And if you do download it, please give us an awesome app review because we are awesome, us people here at SGPN. Speaking of awesome, Dan is not just called the... Um, Dana White Contender Series Soothsayer just because it sounds cool, because I like saying big words like Soothsayer, it's because he kills it with his picks. Um, 
no, we should go in this with the warning. He's going to get one of these picks right or wrong. Guaranteed. <laughs> Every week he gets one pick wrong. We got five fights. So um, if you can figure out in advance which one he's going to get wrong, then, you know, more power to you. Then you can save yourself some money. But um, if not, you just got to go in and, and uh, go in with the knowledge that one of these are not going to come through. Um, so once again, UFC Apex. Lucky they have this Apex, Jim, eh? Where would they have been without it during this yeah. pandemic? I mean, yeah. I, I think ultimately, even when stuff starts to clear back up, I bet you they travel less, dude. Like, this is yeah. a cost-effective way to do whatever they want. Yep. No no doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. So let's break her down. Um, now, this the whole written preview will be up on sportsgamblingpodcast.com uh, sometime early, uh, late morning, early afternoon tomorrow. Dan's breakdown of his picks. Uh, we will uh, give you some banter on them right now because uh, a lot of you degens want to get, get on these right away. Um, seems like the the numbers for these fights are getting posted earlier and earlier, at least at some sports books, and I totally say that's because of us um, and and uh, creating the demand for uh, for betting on these fights. Correct? Uh, I don't know if it's because of us, but I think the action that comes in on Tuesday seems to be a lot as of late. Um, like I, I think people are seeing how easy it is to win on some of these fights sometimes. Um, or maybe, maybe it's just, there's nothing else to bet on a Tuesday night. Maybe, but Hey, it, it people seem to be making a lot of money off this. At least, uh, I guess people don't like talking when, when they lose. So maybe, uh, maybe some people are losing, but, um, let's break her down with a women's flyweight bout is going to start off the night. Maria Silva versus Catherine Paparaki. Um, Silva has got the nickname Paparaki. Does not Silva's nickname is Viuva Negra. Do you know what that means? Black Widow. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. So, um, all right. And Paparaki sounds. Her nickname should should be Pop Rocks. Her name sounds like Pop Rocks. <laughs> you, you know Pop Rocks, Dan? I do know Pop Rocks. Those, yeah. Those candy that it, they have those up in the woods. Or we, you have to we, make your own. Yeah, we did have those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you make your own out of like berries or whatever you no, find? No, we 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 get to we get occasionally get to town and have. Oh. Some. <laughs> you, you catch a uh, on the back of a um, horse-drawn buggy. Yes. Hit the yes. ride. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, Paparaki, uh, do you know Paparaki's taking this fight? What she just got put in for? Um, Juarez. Juarez. Spot, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So do you know? Girl. Do you know? Have you seen all of the people, first of all, the people, the 10 fighters yeah. on this card? Are you familiar yeah, with I've them seen, all? I've seen them all fight. One of them I've seen slightly less than others, but uh, yeah. the other nine I've seen fairly extensively. Wow. Listen to this guy. All right. Paparaki, you couldn't have seen her too much. She's only fought four times. Um, have you seen all four of her fights? I've seen at least two of them. I would have to double check Wild. and see the third one. But she's a CFFC person, right? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And Victor, so. All right. Uh, LFA? LFA. Maybe. Uh, Yes, LFA and Invicta, I think she was. Uh, She's 3-1 as a pro with one submission. Um, She's won one straight fight. Uh, It was via finish. She was 1-0 in Invicta. Like I said, she's taking this on short notice, about, what, a week and a half notice or so. Uh, She's at plus 145. Um, The Black Widow, Silva, 6-0. Three knockouts, two submissions, so everything's a finish except the one fight. She's won two straight fights via finish. However, she's not fought since November 2019. Um, she's two years younger, minus 155. So let us know what, what you know about these ladies. 
So I have not been terribly impressed by Pep Rocky. Uh, I don't think she'd be getting a contender series fight unless they were struggling for somebody uh, on short notice to fill in here and actually let Marina Rodriguez or uh, Maria Silva, not Marina Rodriguez, Maria Silva fight. Um, yeah. I think her boxing is very slow, probably problematically slow, um, especially for fighting somebody like Maria Silva, who is pretty fast on the hands. I think Pabraki might have a slight wrestling advantage, which, uh, you know, like she could probably try to use, but ultimately, like, Silva's also got, like, a really good guillotine. So I don't, I don't think that's even an avenue for her here. So I, I think Silva is criminally underpriced. You said, what was the number you? Minus 155. Yeah. yeah even, like, even from my outside eye, just looking at the, their resumes and stuff, I thought that number was quite low. Yeah, if, if you can get on that before it jumps up to – look, the, some of these contender series ones open up around there and then just get wild. Like last I saw, Maria Silva was like negative 170. Um, so I might have just yeah. seen it just after you saw negative 155. I assume the trend is going to continue that way. It, it wouldn't surprise me if when we get to the actual – broadcast if they're talking about her being a negative 300 favorite so like get in on her as quickly as you possibly can because that number is going to go up and up and up and up and up to the point where she almost feels unbettable or you're like not going to get anything out of it so if you can still get her under 250 um get on it for sure which reminds me you can get on these numbers immediately if you subscribe to our direct feed, MMA Gambling Podcast. So search for that if you're not already listened to it on that feed, and then you get the pod the second it drops. Um, we do still come out on the main SGPM feed, but it's about a day, sometimes even a day and a half uh, delayed because we have so many amazing pods that we have to schedule on there. It's uh, got to wait our turn. So if, if you want these picks before the lines go crazy, because they seem a lot of times, I'm not saying it's just Dan, but a lot of times the Stuff he uh, recommends, um, people are telling me, hey, the, the number is like twice what it was when you guys recorded the pod. So warning you now. And, of course, as, I'm, as we're recording this, I get a message from Jong on our uh, fights board on the SGPN Slack channel. He's like, uh, we need a pod. Hurry. I want to make my bats for <laughs> So They're coming, dude. <laughs> we're, I, said, I said we're recording it right now, Jong. Hang on. Um, so we better get through this and get this posted. Uh, um, all right. So we got Silva. Um, get her, if you can get her for what, what's the highest you would bet her? You know, it, it's not that I wouldn't bet her if she started hovering close to negative 300, but like, I, I don't know, like at that point in time, it doesn't feel tempting anymore. And like, you know, you, the, the return on that's kind of shitty. Um, you know, if she got over negative 250, I'd probably be looking to like pair her in a parlay with somebody. Whereas if, if you can get her under negative 200, I think the straight play makes a lot of sense. Pair in a parlay. That's that's a good. Uh, we should have a pair in a parlay uh, <laughs> section of the pod. Pair in a parlay pod. All right, let's move to lightweights. Chris Duncan, Slava Borshev. Um, Chris Duncan is the problem. We just broke him down. What two weeks ago? He was supposed yeah, to fight, he was right? he was fighting Manuel Gaksha. Right. Yes. Who um, missed weight and then had health problems due to the missed yes. cut. So Duncan's the problem. Uh, do you know uh, Borshev's nicknames at all, Dan? Um, I believe. Uh, let me see. He's a alpha male guy. One of them is Slava, which is basically what he, instead of Miroslav, but the other one's a good one. I I don't I don't know. Slava Claus. Slava Claus. Slava Claus. Yes. All, all like right. Santa Claus, but Slava Claus. I guess that's um alpha male wrestler uh, humor or something. I'm not sure. Yes, it's probably that. Yes. <laughs> all right. Hang on, I got to – I didn't write down the odds here. Let me jot down the odds before I give you all – y'all a rundown. The odds are fairly close for this fight, I see. Okay, 
Um, let's tell you about Slava Klaus first. It's almost his season coming up in a couple months. Uh, he's 4-1 and one with three knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. He's won two straight fights via finish. He's an inch taller than Duncan. He's at plus 145. Chris, the problem, Duncan, 7-0, and six knockouts, one submission. So it's all finishes for him. He's got high-level experience. He's 3-0 in Bellator. He's not fun since October of 2020, so he's been out of the cage for about a year. He's a year younger, minus 127. Who are you liking here? I'm going to go with Slava. Uh, Slava plus? I'm going to take Slava Borshashev. I think, look, I I don't mean to keep fading Chris Duncan because this is the second time I took an underdog against Chris Duncan. Uh, and I really do like Chris Duncan. I actually think he's been one of the, the better prospecty kind of guys on the show. But twice they've paired him with guys who I think are bad matchups for him. Similar to Aaron Jeffrey. Remember I mentioned I really like Aaron Jeffrey. I think Aaron Jeffrey's an awesome, you know, the guy who's awesomely Canadian is an awesome prospect. Awesome. I, I think Chris Duncan is too. But, like, you got a guy here who's a touch faster than him on the feet who does a really good job of moving his head off the center line. Duncan's a kind of a guy who like swarms forward and needs to like punches and bunches, which, you know, like with an elusively defensive striker like Borshev, I I don't think he's going to have an easy time with that. And I also think Slava has like a slight advantage in the wrestling, which is like a nice backup plan. If a guy is rushing forward too much um, to just duck under one of those series of strikes and hit your takedown and, and scare him off from doing that again. So yeah, I'm liking the plus money here on Slava. And again, I don't mean to keep fading Chris Duncan, but I do think that uh, he's going to be the slower of the two strikers here and won't have a wrestling advantage to fall back on. Um, we can't hate on plus money, so sorry, Chris Duncan. Um, moving on to flyweights, Jake Hadley versus Mitch Raposo, a couple fairly familiar names if you're hardcore. Uh, Hadley is the White Kong, as Dan mentioned um, previously. Uh, Raposo is nothing except it all comes back to tough. He was on the last season of Ultimate Fighter. You said he was the top guy going into it, right? And then got beat. He, first round? I believe he was uh, Volkanovski's first flyweight pick, or uh, okay. bantamweight pick, rather. Bantamweight pick. Because this is happening at flyweight, but he, that was the bantamweight tough. Right. Uh, so he is um, 5-0 and as a pro, which may be why he was the first pick. Uh, one knockout, two submissions. As I said, he, he is 0-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. He's His last official fight, um, his Ultimate Fighter fights are just exhibitions. His last official fight was a year ago, October of 2020. He's two years younger than Hadley, plus 250. That's for the White Kong. He's 7-0 and with two knockouts, three submissions. 2-0 and in Cage Warriors, where he was their flyweight champ. Uh, he also was 1-0 in Bellator. Two inches of height, three inches of reach, minus 300. So is Hadley the real deal here, as he seems to be on paper? Yeah, he is. Um, and yeah. I, I like Mitch Raposo being a Massachusetts guy. Uh, I just can't, even with the number where it is, I can't fathom picking Mitch Raposo here. I mean, Raposo, if you looked at his loss in the Ultimate Fighter, he lost to Ludovic Shaolinian. Um, in, in that fight, he was just, like, badly out-wrestled. Um, like, he, he clearly was the better guy in the feet, but uh, he had a real issue with the wrestling of Shalinian, and I think Hadley's 20 times the wrestler Shalinian is, um, to be honest with you. So I, I think Hadley's going to take him down and beat the hell out of him here uh, in kind of a brutal way, uh, and people are going to be real jacked up on seeing Jake Hadley in that flyweight division pretty soon. He is going to be a very fun dude to have in that division. Beat the hell out of him in a kind of brutal way. That's a very good. It could be like a title for a metal album, perhaps. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Pretty good one. Um, all right, co-main event, heavyweights. We go from the little guys to the big guys. Martin Boudet versus Lorenzo Hood. Um, who do we got? Boudet's baddies, B-A-D-Y-S. You know what? how I feel about well, – I guess baddies isn't even a word, so there's no proper spelling, uh, misspelling of that. Um, Hood is the dream killer. Uh, let's tell you about Hood first. He's 12-4 and four with one no contest. All of his wins have come via knockout, all 12, which is very impressive. He's been subbed three times, so three of his four losses have come via submission. He's won three straight fights via finish, and we know from previous info that they would be knockouts or TKOs because that's the only way he wins. He was 0-1 on, in World Series of Fighting. He's at plus 325, which is a very big number for a heavyweight fight, especially prospects here. Uh, as for baddies, Boudet, 8-1, six knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. He's won seven straight fights via finish. He uh two years younger, and um, based on their last weigh-ins, he's 23 pounds heavier, but he was at, I believe, super, he must have been at super heavyweight last fight. He was, he was, he was yeah, yeah, he's got to lose some weight because he is. He was at 273 <laughs> pounds his last fight. He was at 273, and Hood was at 250, so he, he'll he be the bigger man, even if he's not by 20-plus pounds. He's at minus 400. Is he the real deal with a number this big? I don't know if he's the real deal, but I know that Hood is not. Um, you know, uh, again, you're, you're is, crushing the Dream Killer's dreams, is what yeah, you're saying. You're the real Dream Killer. This is also a short notice fight too. Um, okay. Which is worth noting, saying um, Lorenzo Hood was not supposed to be in this fight. Instead, it was supposed to be a guy named Hugo Kunha, who uh, him versus Bude would have actually been an amazing fight of like really awesome heavyweight prospects. But instead, we have one of those heavyweight prospects left behind to fight uh, a guy who's, like, big and muscly and, like, maybe not that good. Like, he, he lost a, a whole bunch of people who you might have heard of before but, like, not particularly, like, super impressed by. Like, Tyler King is, is like, a Northeast regional guy who, like, choked him out. And Shelton Graves – um, you know, again, another one of those guys who's like, you know, like 10 and 10 and seven or something like that. And he's kind of gotten old and he's out of Maryland and, and like, so he, he's lost to a bunch of those kind of guys. Whereas Boudet is like for a big fat guy. And he is a big fat guy for a big fat guy is like very elusive. Um, it's like super fun to watch. Um, and he's got really heavy hands. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Boudet here. I'm going to make him my official pick, although, you know, kind of like I said before uh, with Maria Silva, I-, I feel confident they're going to win negative – what did you quote me at? Negative 400? Yeah. Yeah, not, I, I mean, I'm not tempted on putting that in. Like, I, I'll be looking for props before the fight uh, about Boudet putting him away, probably inside the distance props or the under maybe. But, um, yeah, he's going to win this fight. Oh. Okay, um, main event time. Is this a worthy main event that we're going to break down here? Bantamweights, are these guys good? They're good. They're not the best guys on this card. No? Okay. No. Uh, we got Christian Rodriguez, Reyes Cortez, Jr. Uh, he goes by Jr., um, so he could be Jr. Cortez, depending where you see it. And Rodriguez has got no nickname. Um, Cortez, 5-1 and one with four knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. He's won two straight fights he used to fight at uh featherweight this one's at bantamweight he's at plus 170 rodriguez nothing but finishes in this guy's resume five and oh three knockouts two submissions one and oh in bellator five years younger minus 200 what you got here 
So it, it, this is a really interesting fight to me. I, I think it's really close, and it's going to be really exciting. Again, when when you asked, is, is this worthy of being the main event? I, I think Boudet is probably more worthy of being the main event. And actually, Jake Hadley, Mitch Raposo is like a main event on a Cage Warriors card. So that, that is certainly uh, more more deserving. But I'm going to yeah. go with Cortez here, the underdog. Um, the... It's interesting. Both guys are very quick striking. Both guys mix it up well to the body and the legs, um, work the head. Christian Rodriguez might even have like a slight wrestling advantage, but I think the reason why I want to go with Cortez here is because he hits so freaking hard. Um, I'm not crazy confident on him. I think this is a really close fight, but there's a slight power advantage in Cortez's corner. With a big fat plus number here, I think I like that enough to like dabble with it. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as confident in him as I am like even Slava. Like I, I actually am a little bit more confident in Slava. But like if it's that close and one guy's got a clear power advantage and, and a chance to turn your lights off, um, and he's that big of an underdog, I I think you gotta either pick. My advice to you here would be to bet the underdog or don't bet this fight at all. Um, because okay. it's too it's too close to to bet the favorite. There you go. Um, all right. So the Degens always want parlays and props and stuff to, to make it more risky, but uh, better rewards. So you got any for, for this fight night on Tuesday? So I would just say I would bet Boudet uh, inside the distance. Um, okay. You know, inside the distance, you could certainly look for over-under. They're probably going to – because it's a heavyweight fight, you're probably going to find it at 1.5. Um, I, I think I still like the under on Boudet at 1.5. Um, because, you know, hey, he's a he's a guy who goes in there and, and takes care of business. I also think I might take Jake Hadley inside the distance. Um, Mitch Raposo, undefeated, uh, didn't even get finished on the Ultimate Fighter in his one loss. Yeah. But we're talking about a guy who he's, he's fighting a guy who has got a ton of rear naked choke finishes and hits really hard, um, finishes dudes who are better than Mitch Raposo. Or, you know, like he played finished – uh, a lot of people won't know this name, but Blaine O'Driscoll is is like a, a really good Irish fighter uh, out of SBG. He's fought people like – so his last three losses are Jose Shorty Torres, Jake Hadley, and uh, Mohamed Mokaev, which is – if you don't know that name out of Brave CF, you will pretty soon. He's an absolute filthy killer. Um, he fights out of the UK, but he's originally from Dagestan, and he's just exactly what you would expect from somebody with a name that sounds like that. Um, so, like, he's fought a bunch of really, really, really good dudes who didn't finish him, and, and Jake Hadley did. So, yeah, I like – if I'm going to make things a little bit sweeter here, it's kind of too small of a card for me to love any of these parlays. But I'll take Hadley and Boudet inside the distance. Yeah, it's um, – you can probably get good numbers on a flyweight uh, going within the distance too, right? I imagine uh, it, it's hard to find some of these because they just, yeah. you know, don't release them all that often. Um but, yeah, like, I think, you know, Hadley winning by submission or, you know, TKO, if you can find those specific plays. But even just, like, Hadley inside the distance should be a nice enough number. And who's getting contracts, Dan? Oof. Um, I mean, I think Hadley and Boudet are easy picks because uh, they just fit divisions that are kind of hard to fill um, in, in flyweights and heavyweights. Um, I also don't – I mean, they, it wouldn't be surprised to see Silva because she's going to look really good against Paparazzi. And I'll take uh, whoever wins the main event, which I guess I took Reyes Cortez so uh, or Junior Cortez or whatever you want to call him. 
I, I took him to win that fight. So whoever wins that fight, I will take them getting a contract as well because it's going to be fireworks. And I'll say he passes on uh, Slava Borshev, uh, who will probably out-wrestle Chris Duncan. So you're giving out four contracts. You're very generous. Dan. He's, he's very probably giving out nine. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, all right. So we better get this up and posted before John, uh, John doesn't know what to do when bets on everyone on, on the card just to be safe. So um, put this one too bad. Another good episode. Episode 80. We made it to 80 already. Um, we'll be back with 81, though, on Wednesday where we will break. First, we'll recap the Contender Series. We'll figure out, find out which one of these fights Dan got wrong. So which one are you going to get wrong, Dan? The main event, maybe? Since you went yeah, underdog? if I, if, I get, if I get one wrong and you want to pick against me, I'd say pick against <laughs> me in the junior court. That's Christian Rodriguez fight for sure. Okay, so that's the one he's going to whiff on. Um, and then we will break down the um, – are you saying he's sneakily good or just – Better than this past week's card, the the fight night, um, Dumont and what's her face. I won't call it sneakily good. There, there's some names it's, I'm excited um, to see. There's some. He good or is it just? Eh. No, it, it, there's some names I'm excited to see, but it, it's not sneaky good. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure it wasn't being upgraded to sneaky good. All right. Um. So we'll be back Wednesday night with all that for your ear holes. In the meantime, read. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Read MMA-Manifesto.com. Uh, you can listen to Dan's Top Turn on MMA podcast and his Prelim Primer podcast. If you haven't heard enough of them already, um, and you follow us on Twitter. That's another thing you can do. Jeff Fox, writer, and he's Gumby Vreeland. Um, any last parting words, Dan, before you take us home? Nah, I think you got it all. Okay, go. I'm, I'm the Danimal, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we will catch you next week. Oh, no, we'll catch you on Monday. No, on Wednesday, Dan. I'll oh, catch God. you on Wednesday. On Wednesday. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you. This is why he shouldn't let me do it. We'll catch you on Wednesday. <laughs> Bye.